In Ag and Review for the week ending January 31st, we had this report regarding the details of the long-awaited Farm Bill. The Agricultural Act of 2014 has been released from the Farm Bill Conference Committee and is ready for a House and Senate vote. According to a press release by the Conference Committee, the comprehensive five-year Farm Bill contains major reforms, including the elimination of the direct payment program, streamlining and consolidation of numerous programs to improve their effectiveness and reduce duplication and cut down on program misuse, as well as efforts to strengthen the nation's commitment to support farmers and ranchers affected by natural disasters or significant economic losses, and a renewal of a national commitment to protect land, water, and other natural resources. For the most part, the ag industry is pleased with the final outcome, with groups such as the American Farm Bureau Federation, the National Farmers Union, National Association of Conservation Districts, the National Milk Producers Federation, and others all endorsing the measure. However, not everyone is happy, as the American Meat Institute, National Cattlemen's Beef Association, National Chicken Council, National Pork Producers Council, and other livestock groups oppose the Farm Bill as written, partly due to the fact that it doesn't contain provisions to change the country of origin labeling for red meat rules. House Speaker John Boehner and House Majority Leader Eric Cantor also both expressed a level of disappointment with the lack of reforms to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. But Boehner did say the legislation is still worthy of the House's support, with a vote possible as early as this week. Senate Agriculture Committee Chair Debbie Stavenal suggested the Senate could vote as early as next week. For a complete review of the Agricultural Act of 2014, be sure to visit our website at southeastagnet.com. Of course, the House did indeed vote and pass the bill, and the Senate is scheduled to vote on Tuesday afternoon. And now we have Randall Wiseman with this report with more details regarding those who are not pleased with the bill. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association, National Pork Producers Council, and the National Association of Manufacturers are concerned their members will face economic harm because in its current form, the 2014 Farm Bill fails to fix the U.S. country of origin labeling law. In a teleconference, NCBA President Scott George had these comments. The uh, National Cattlemen's Beef Association has worked on this Farm Bill for over three years now. First is the 2012 Farm Bill, then the 2013, and now... With the actions of a few in Congress, it has become the 2014 Farm Bill. And after all of this, the bill that the conference committee released Monday is not one that addresses the concerns of our members. The release bill is a slap in the face of every livestock producer in this country. We're calling on Congress to fix the mistakes they have made, mistakes that are costing cattlemen and women money every day. Mistakes like mandatory country rewards and labeling, which has already resulted in steep discounts to our producers, and caused prejudice against our largest trading partners. This program was created without the consent of producers and has been a failure by every measure. We are disappointed in all members of Congress, and especially the members of the Conference Committee, for allowing this process to go far this far without a solution. Failure to fix mandatory cool at this junction will lead to retaliatory tariffs, and it's only a matter of time before the World Trade Organization rules in favor of Canada and Mexico. Once that happens... Producers will realize the full cost of this failed legislation. This farm bill is foundationally flawed and will only serve to cause greater harm to rural America, and therefore NCBA opposes its passage. MPPC President Randy Sprong said the National Pork Producers Council opposes the farm bill because it doesn't fix mandatory country of origin labeling. The country of origin labeling law will likely be found non-compliant with international trade obligations by the WTO next month. The WTO is likely to find that the law discriminates against Canada and Mexican products. Canada and Mexico brought complaints against the country of origin labeling to the WTO. If that occurs, that will allow Canada and Mexico to retaliate with tariffs on dozens of U.S. pork products. 
Our Canadian friends have, uh, have a retaliation list that includes pork. Mexico's list is likely to include pork. When the U.S. violated a trucking provision of NAFTA, Mexico in 2009, placed tariffs of up to 20% on 99 U.S. pork products, totaling over $2.4 billion. We saw pork exports to Mexico fall, and at the same time, Canada's pork exports to Mexico increased, and America's pork producers lost market share. If country of origin labeling isn't fixed, and the Farm Bill is the best vehicle for doing that, pork producers like me will suffer, and so will dozens of other U.S. businesses, the U.S. economy, and U.S. workers. And when asked what the likelihood was of getting enough votes in Congress to oppose the Farm Bill for this reason, NCBA President Scott George says they are finding support. Obviously, you, you never know until the final vote is taken. But I will tell you that we are finding a lot of support in the halls of Congress for repealing this if this is not fixed. Canada and Mexico filed a complaint over the law with the World Trade Organization, which is expected to rule on it next month. If the WTO finds that the labeling law doesn't comply with U.S. trade obligations under the WTO, Canada and Mexico are set to place retaliatory tariffs on dozens of U.S. products. That includes beef, pork, furniture, and bakery goods. And for another perspective on the bill, Gary Cooper had this report. While the livestock side of agriculture is having some serious issues with the farm bill, seed industry leaders here in Monterey, California this week at the Vegetable and Flower Seed Conference of the American Seed Trade Association, or ASTA, say the bill has some good things for farmers and the seed industry. We spoke to ASTA VP for Government Affairs, Jane DeMarchi, about that. We're so relieved to see the farm bill moving, you know, enabling growers to have certainty of a five-year farm bill. We've been working on this since 2011, and we're just so pleased to see it moving and feel really optimistic that things are going to work out. We have a lot of confidence it's going to happen this time. I know you all and ASTA had a lot of input in that, wanting some certain things to try to unburden some regulations, I guess, that had some of the seeds stuck in the pipeline that farmers really wanted and needed, and I understand we got some of those things in the language. Yes, we did. There was a recognition that access to seeds is really important, and we have had just some paperwork hurdles getting seeds through EPA, and these are products that are regulated and um, by USDA or have gone through the deregulation process. So our feeling is that seeds are seeds, and when they're coming into the United States, should be treated as such. But we want to make sure that farmers have access to seed at the right time time. Even a week of delay for planting can have a huge impact on yield. So we want to make sure to get the right seeds into farmers' hands at the right time. So yes, we're gratified that that was included as part of the bill. You can learn more about ASTA at amseed.org. The Farm Bill also meant good news for the citrus industry. For more on that, we have Ernie Neff. U.S. Senator Bill Nelson Monday afternoon announced that $125 million in federal funding for research into combating and eradicating citrus greening disease, or HLB, is on the way to passing Congress. Florida Citrus Mutual CEO Mike Sparks, who has worked with Nelson to obtain the funding for years, reacts and offers more details. Later today... We expect the House and Senate Conference Committee on the Farm Bill to include a provision where we will have our trust fund dollars set aside for long-term research initiative. Tell us the name of the research fund and how it's funded and how much you expect us to receive a year. We called it and identified it as, as a trust fund that was unique for Florida Citrus. 
During the final negotiations, and it seems like our congressional leadership did not like the trust fund. So what we have is a citrus pest and disease research initiative. It's a separate section, um, a carve-out, if you will, of the farm bill that will uniquely serve our needs. So even though the trust fund is been replaced with an initiative, it will provide our original objective, long-term research funding, $25 million a year for the next five years. That's a total of $125 million dedicated to citrus invasive pest and disease research. That's a home run by anybody's standards. We understand now that this funding does not come from tariffs on imported citrus products, which is the funding mechanism, of course, you and Senator Nelson had been seeking for the past several years. Well, you're correct. You know, those, those import assessments, what's going to be the funding source um, for, for the trust fund? But once the trust fund was lost and replaced now by our citrus initiatives, it's our understanding that the entire amount, the $125 million for the next five, during the next five years, will be paid for by the cost savings of the Farm Bill. That was a decision made by our congressional leaders in Washington, D.C. That's cost savings from, I assume, reducing some other programs? Correct. The fact of the matter is this year's Farm Bill is going to be substantially less than the prior years. So even though this is a new program, and it cannot be traced to an old program that was limited uh, or even eliminated, however, overall, those savings did fund new programs such as this one. And as we wrap up for this week, Everett Griner touches on a subject that farmers are still waiting on. Immigration reform is still a mystifying problem that Congress keeps pushing back. Meanwhile, fruit and vegetable farmers fight a costly battle. For most of them, the H-2A program doesn't work. How can a farmer planting 200 acres of cabbage know how many people he'll need to harvest them? Remember now, that same farmer may have 200 acres of watermelons, 200 acres of cantaloupe, and big fields of squash, cucumber, and sweet corn. On the other hand, he may have only one crop, a 1,000 acres of citrus fruit. And even if he guesses right now, there's a mound of paperwork that needs a Philadelphia lawyer to handle. And when it's all done, it lays stacked on a desk for a long time. It can't be that difficult to write, refine, and pass a law that would fix the problem. But who knows? Well, maybe one day we can hope. And don't forget, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.